Hello there, and welcome back to Tapcalf Transmissions, the only Star Wars podcast. I am your host, as always, Corey of Corey Loses and Corey's Datapad, but joining me is a very special guest, the regular host of this podcast, <laughs> alongside me, Mr. Justin Eckhart's Ladder. How are you doing, Mr. Eckhart's Ladder? I'm good. I'm good. Can't complain. I've been living the dream. Took, took so much time off. Um, and yeah, now I'm, now I'm back. Maybe not next week, but for this week, at least I'm back. Yeah. We took a grand total of one week off between episodes. <laughs> We're back to our regular schedule from a few months ago. Yeah. But I normally between episodes, I talk to you a lot, but between mm-hmm. these last two episodes, I really haven't talked to you that much. So yeah. has anything big happened for you? We did have a baby, which was pretty epic. Um, a little girl named Imogen. She was born on the fifth. That was like last Thursday. I'm pretty sure. Uh, oh yeah, because it was it was Mando night. She was born. Kind of inconvenient to be honest. Um. <laughs> I'm trying to get a review done, so if you could just stay in there. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, Kelsey, if she wakes up at uh, four o'clock, I'll take that shift. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, she was born on the fifth, and she's been like literally the the best most perfect child ever like i was talking to you before stream she sleeps like in four hour increments so she'll wake up she'll feed then she'll go back to sleep for four hours so like me and kelsey are both getting like eight hours of sleep a night like i'm sleeping legitimately better than i usually do uh which is something and yeah she's she doesn't cry much she just she's just been chilling uh she watched the mando with me this morning uh so yeah pretty been a pretty good experience so uh we are going to be talking about episode three or i guess chapter 11 Mm -hmm. uh as our main focus for today but a little bit about chapter 10 as well because we didn't have a chance to talk about that uh but did she have any first thoughts on uh on this week episode i don't i assume she didn't go back and watch last week's unless she just wanted to know she slept through most of it to be honest which i thought was pretty rude um so we're saying john favreau is just out now if he can't hold the attention like someone who literally has seen nothing before he can't hold her attention for 38 minutes yeah what's even the point and i will say too she had a very interesting introduction to media because the first song she ever heard when we were driving home was iron man by black sabbath wow Um, yeah so and then it was uh jesse's girl so so i well, you've been, or since the last episode, I haven't had a kid, but uh, while you've been gone, I've had full custody of Charlie, so <laughs> that's kind of similar, right? Yeah, I mean, like, to be honest, and this is coming from, a, obviously, I'm a man, I can't breastfeed, anything like that. I've, I've tried, it doesn't work. Um <laughs> It's having a kid is like it's hard, but the newborn stage, unless you've got like a really colicky baby, is not that bad. Like taking care of Charlie is far, far more worse or far more <laughs> difficult because like a newborn won't chew your baseboards or like stick their fingers in electrical sockets. Um, they just kind of lie there. So like Charlie, a new puppy, it's all much more difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and like we've got me and Charlie are doing Beerio Kart tonight with mm. Star Wars Explained, uh, so I have to make sure that we're all still friends with him afterwards. Yeah, I told so, Charlie to be on his best behavior. So, 
Well, look at how that went on Wasted's first theory <laughs> card. So uh, I talked to Alex today. I was like, prepare yourself. Well, he met Charlie like as drunk Charlie, right? That was their yeah, first in interaction as well. So, yeah, yeah. So I, it can't get much worse than that. We'll see. <laughs> I'm gonna try to tune in for parts of it because I've got a yeah. I'm gonna try to tune in for parts of it. <laughs> All right. Well, we are here to talk about one thing and only one thing: mm-hmm. Star Trek Discovery. Uh, I haven't seen a single episode of that show. Neither have I. But yeah, what did you so before I guess before we get into the uh spoiler into portion. the episode from last night. Oh. Yeah, I guess we we could do we a non-spoiler do a portion. Quick spoiler per- portion like a, a 2 minute spoiler section for both episodes. Spoiler free, you mean? And then if you don't want any more spoil Yeah, sorry, spoiler free section. <laughs> We're going to only talk about what actually happened for for 2 minutes and then we'll go really vague after that. Yeah, for everyone who hasn't seen it. Yet. No, we'll we'll give we'll give a brief impression of both episodes and then if you want to come back later or whatever or not, that's fine. Uh All right. I liked both. I thought both were great. I liked the most recent one a little bit more. Uh and the most recent one is definitely one of my favorites. Probably not my most favorite, but probably top 4, I'd say. That'd be my quick impression. Yeah, so I thought the second episode was fine. Uh, didn't mm-hmm. love it, didn't hate it. Mm-hmm. If I'm doing a rewatch, if there's an episode that I'll skip, it might even be that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, depending on how important Frog Lady becomes in the future of the series. She's so cool, though. I'm going to guess not very. She's so uh, cool. We did get to see Richard. Uh, nope, spoiler free. Yeah. We saw Richard Dean Anderson. I didn't want to... <laughs> uh, we weren't supposed to talk about MacGyver being on this episode and the Stargate crossover, but uh, but yeah, it's yeah. it was fine. And then this latest episode, though, from last night, was mm-hmm. I think my favorite episode of the series. Fair. I I, I heard you say that in your review today, and I, yeah, I, it was I visually visually one of the best I think we've seen. I agree with that. A lot of cool shots, mm-hmm. uh, some cool assets. And uh, plot-wise, I think it's one of the more important ones we've seen. Yeah. All right. So let's. That's pretty much as far as we can go without spoilers. So let's kind of go fully into spoiler mode, guys. If if you want to tune out and watch it beforehand, you should do so. This is a show that I think is. I enjoy it even being spoiled because it's very atmospheric. But you should probably watch it for the first time without spoilers. Um, so you have a second. Let's dive right into first of all episode two. Um, well, I guess let's give me your kind of less restrained thoughts on the episode now that you can talk specifics. Uh, I there really there wasn't very much that happened. Like I thought it mm-hmm. was a a fun monster episode, but mm-hmm. uh, like plot wise, not a huge amount that happened. We did get the biggest Star Wars controversy out of it. Uh, yeah, if so we want to talk about Baby I, Gate a I little bit, I do want to talk about it. Egg Gate for Gate. sure. Yeah. So I did a video on Egg Gate too, yeah. and that's like probably the best first hour of any video I've had in six months. Like <laughs> people saw like Yoda and the eggs, and they were like, "Okay, like 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 I, I fuck with this big time." I got like thirty thousand <laughs> views in like the first forty five minutes, and I was like, "Okay, <laughs> like I never do that unless it's like Star Wars on season." But uh, yeah, it was it was. Let's just, I guess, to briefly summarize, because there are people who don't live on Star Wars Twitter um, who might not be familiar with what's going on. In the episode, 
Baby Yoda. Well, well, first of all, the premise of the episode is that the Mandalorian is ferrying this frog lady who I think is just an amazing creature. The costume design is so cool. Uh, all practical effects and everything. He's somehow ferrying her at sublight speeds, which is probably worth discussing, between planets um, so she can kind of give birth to what is like her last cycle of eggs. Uh, well, she's given birth to the eggs, but they're not fertilized yet. Um, yeah. And I will say, some people compare this to a chicken, but it is a chicken's egg, but it is a little different. Because when a chicken has their eggs, they're either fertilized or not. So, like, the, the rooster doesn't fertilize the chicken's eggs after they've been laid. Mm-hmm. But a- anyway, the eggs the eggs aren't fertilized yet, but she wants to go to this planet so they can be, and then she can have her last kind of batch of children. It's her last chance. Uh, she's kind of like a kind of like a uh, like a refugee or like a like a it's called the passenger because she is the passenger and in return she's going to help the Mandalorian find uh find more Mandalorians and of course the controversy is that baby Yoda eats like three of them <laughs> yeah um and yeah what 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 did and there's a lot of kind of I think the main issue that I saw people take with it is the fact that the show presents it as kind of a disturbing thing it on one hand but it plays the actual eating of the eggs as a joke mm-hmm. um so what are your thoughts on that yeah i i think you obviously can't be mad at the stupid baby for eating the no, eggs of course not uh but i i think if they'd used it to show like oh the mandalorian needs to pay a bit more attention and is mm-hmm. just a horribly irresponsible guardian mm-hmm. for this 50 year old baby Mm-hmm. Uh, then it's fine, but like, I don't think it was a super big deal. I do think there mm-hmm. are implications to it that are worth exploring, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't think we need to to cancel the child just yet. No, and I'm one of those people where like I think the show gave you everything you needed to make your own decision. Mm-hmm. Um, because like the reason why people are feeling like it's disturbing is because the show shows you that it's disturbing. Um, like it sets up like the the mother as a very kind of likable character with a very you know she's she's in a very tough situation and these eggs are very clearly important to her um i kind of felt like and like i don't think a show really needs to hold your hand down like the path of how you're supposed to feel if you know what i mean mm-hmm. um like i thought that the scene was more supposed to make you reflect on like what because the fact that baby yoda is getting in all the shenanigans is is funny i I think the humor was kind of meant to have you as a viewer kind of reflect on what's going on well anything the child does is gonna be funny and cute no matter like no matter what he's doing Mm -hmm. it's gonna come across that way Mm -hmm. unless he like literally walks out wearing a nazi armband then there's very little you can see him i do. honestly don't know if that would do it <laughs> i'm just joking no but but, but yeah you're right <laughs> sorry continue yeah it's I, I i feel like it it shows him getting like slightly chastised for it i think really mm. the responsibility lies on the mother for yeah. leaving the if she doesn't want the eggs eaten Mm-hmm. then she should have communicated that to literally anyone at any point. Cause like, it seems like Din is more concerned about it than she is. Like, yeah. Oh, look, the kids are getting eaten again. And then the next episode, uh, we see that when they have the kids, it's just the one. 
and uh, the child quickly bonds with them. So yeah, it's like a little reptile in a bowl, and they only get one out of the thirty eggs. So maybe they were just like, "Hey, we want this one. Mm-hmm. Snack away." That's what we didn't see is that Baby Yoda was given the rest of those eggs <laughs> to snack on while he was babysitting. And far worse than anything that happened in that episode was the fact that Din left the child with those with that reptile yeah. family. That's like yeah. asking for them to get murdered. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, 100% because people are after the baby like all the time. Yeah. Um, it's just like the show has done a good job of showing that like... Like there was even something in the first episode where the Mandalorians in that kind of fight club and he about to use the, the what are they called the whistling birds or whatever and then the baby Yoda like pops into his uh into his little carrier and like yeah that's funny but it also shows that like the child's being around a lot of violence on a really frequent basis mm-hmm. and like yeah it is played up as a laugh but it's also like I think something the show is going to actually address um because we kind of consistently see that the mandalorian and, he tries but he doesn't quite have all parenting down yet yeah and we're gonna have to wait for the next couple of trilogies of movies to see what the uh what the fallout from this is because being around so much violence and anger <laughs> as a baby this like baby yoda is clearly going to be the next sith lord it's the next well, I mean, he already, he's already force choked somebody so. yeah like this is this is the road we're going down we're gonna see darth yoda mm-hmm. and I'm here for it. People need to accept that. Yeah. I mean, this thing has been blown out of proportion to um, <laughs> by by both sides of the issue, I guess. Like, there's the... Well, all, there's like three sides. There's reporters who... Or YouTubers like me who are reporting on it because it's funny. And then there's, you know, the people who... And like, listen, if somebody was offended by the episode, like... I'm not trying to say that that sucks or... I mean, that that does suck. I'm not trying to say that that's stupid or whatever else because, you know, there are reasons that people... Stuff related to pregnancy or whatever else. Like, that's not what I'm talking about, but... It's just been... It's it's been a... An egg mountain out of an egg molehill, I'd say. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh... Like, he didn't make an omelet out of it. That could have been worse. He didn't yep. eat the baby from the bowl. He just, yeah. I'm not sure if he wanted to or if he just wanted to keep playing with it, but he had that opportunity. I don't think he did because there's that scene. Both episodes have a scene where he kind of puts his face up to the, the jar. And then in episode three, he sees something like life come out of it. And on my second watch, there's like, okay, he actually realizes what's going on. Like, I don't think he realized what he was doing the first time. Mm-hmm. Um... But yeah. Anything else about yeah. episode two you want to talk about? Uh, well, I so after the crate dragon stuff, which was very Kotori, I at yeah. first thought the uh, I forget what they're actually called the the ones from Rebels, the spiders that showed up in the last episode. Oh, yeah. I thought they might have been Kinrath. Uh, oh, like I saw the cool. little eggs first, and I was like, "Are those Kinrath eggs?" Then I saw the spider things, like, "Are those Kinrath?" <laughs> and there's like, "No, it's it's the no. Rebels one," which. Crossovers yeah. like that are still fun, but it's not quite the thing I was I thought it would be. But uh, but other than that, I don't think I had much to say about episode two. I think it was uh, it was okay. One it of the was... more disposable ones, still fun, but not necessarily game changing. I like the uh, I like the cantina scene uh, at the beginning of the episode mm-hmm. with 
the the giant ant, which I'm just gonna call a killick. It's a killick. Yeah. Um, Doctor Mandible, Mandible, which is hilarious. And then there were one of those um, giant. I, I forget the name of it. The giant furry aliens. Um, uh, those are Wookies. <laughs> no, I th- see. I thought it was a Wookie first because I thought it was um, Chowman, like from Chowman's Cantina. Um, is it a Taos? Or no, not a Taos. Um, or the G ones. It's a yeah, the the G one. It's the one from from Rogue One. It's like the giant mm-hmm. one that's got the mach- like the machine gun, a uh, Gagorin. That's yeah. I I just got a book for tabletop RPG stuff that has the character stat sheet for it. So I literally mm-hmm. just read it yesterday, but I couldn't remember it. It's kind of like a Wookiee that strained its hair. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think but, the. Uh, the book even talks about how they're often mistaken for Wookiees mm-hmm. in universe, but uh, yeah, I'm but actually. Do you want to? Yeah, I'm looking at the wiki page, and that's the first the one. Wiki page. The wiki, yeah, the Star Wars wiki page. But uh, do you want to quickly touch on the whole sublight speed traveling thing? Yeah, I mean it's just not going to happen, is it? <laughs> but it it did twice. <laughs> I, mean, I usually don't like that, but it's also seems yeah. to be like a callback to the episode five thing, which yeah. was, in my opinion, dumb then and it's dumb now. But I. It... So this has kind of been a problem that I've had since the first a certain point of view came out, because um, that book, that book is kind of or that one of the anthology stories. I think it's um, Ramus and Tilly's stories talks about them traveling at sublight speed, and they they give a distance, then they give a time, and it turns out they're traveling at like. 100 times the speed of light at sublight speed so it's like star wars also often has a, like problems with like stellar distances or whatever but mm-hmm. it, it's that stuff really doesn't bother me it's like i see that and i kind of like want it to bother me but then at the end of the day i'm like hmm, i want to care but i just don't <laughs> yeah 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 i wish it wouldn't happen but it doesn't bother me when it does yeah um, uh, but yeah so do you want to move on to the heiress trying to think if there's anything else from that other episode i want to talk about um i will say i've been so i've been talking about this on twitter a bit but the the show's been using a lot of that star wars wildlife guidebook um Mm -hmm. the old legends book and the spiders and their eggs are right out of there in design too uh the crate those were it was one of the original for episode five yeah Yeah. um they were going to be on on uh, dagobah or yeah and then that didn't happen but but they've been kind of a thing in star wars lore for a very long time mm-hmm. um i think since like one of the early source books might have been like there was that source book that did like bespin and i think maybe dagobah as well i think it might have been in that or one of the very early ones anyway and it's kind of been kind of been a thing since and i'm pretty sure yeah. it will appear when we read dark saber as well or, or one of those books yeah which we've got to look forward to. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah. we have uh, the beautiful Gozanti. We have mm. that beautiful uh, crane walker yes. thing. I love that thing. We have yeah. a Mon Calamari ca- colony planet that is not Mon Calamari. It's instead <laughs> Trask. Yeah, I, I just, right before this episode went live, I posted, uh, wow, so cool that we finally get to see the vaunted Mon Calamari shipyards. And, feel bad because a few people thought i was being serious and i just po- post like the most rundown picture i could find from the episode of it um but yeah it's 
that planet was really cool it was so awesome to go like because it's, it's just very very different than anything we've seen before like it's not just some kind of like small outpost or like wild planet like it's a big industrial port there's a few scenes where you kind of get the full scale of the planet like as the razor crest is falling and then there's another scene mm -hmm. when they're coming out of the water it's a huge kind of little colony on there yeah, is is the Razor's Crest just going to crash everywhere now? It seems to be having I some mean, troubles. Yeah, it, it's it's had a bit of a rough go, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, and now it's filled with netting and stuff. If I thought the uh, Akbar's constant water puns and references mm -hmm. in the books were bad, this guy that fixed fixed up the ship just netting everywhere. Yeah, and. This is why I think it's possible we might have one more episode before the big Ahsoka reveal. Um, just because, like, I, th I think they're going to need to get the ship fixed. And I forget who it is that... I think Carl Weathers um, directs the next episode as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see a return to that planet before he goes off. Um, to find Ahsoka, which I would be cool with because I like those kind of episodes that move the plot forward but aren't huge action-packed extravaganzas. And I think for an episode four, that would maybe make some sense. Mm -hmm. uh, then maybe he picks up uh, Grief and whoever else for the journey. Yeah. Like this, I was worried. I think something we were both worried about is how they'd work in some of the character mm -hmm. uh, cameos. And I think... We were both pretty okay with how Boba was handled. Yes. Uh, Bo-Katan makes sense. And this is, I think, the best way to do the Ahsoka one, but I'm still a little bit worried about that. I don't want it to become, like, if Ahsoka sticks around too long and gets too embroiled in galactic politics, which it seems like they are going to with uh, yeah. trying to reestablish Mandalore as something. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think they have to be careful with that. I'm still a little worried. I think I'm a little more worried than you were. Um, well, I just think Ahsoka in particular, this is the best way. If they mm -hmm. have to bring her back for it, this is better than what it could be. Because yes. there's still the chance that she just pops up and off she goes. And maybe uh, Din helps uh, Bo-Katan, but we're still... I mean, maybe she's killed. Maybe Ahsoka gets killed? Yeah. It could happen. Yeah. I mean, she does have to use her force voice... In episode nine, I mean, that, does that necessarily mean she's no, dead? No, it doesn't. It doesn't mean that. Uh, I forget who it is that said that doesn't mean they're necessarily dead. I think it was Pablo or somebody. Mm. It's like, it's like Ezra wasn't in there though. Famous, mm. important Jedi Ezra. And yeah. We still have to see what makes him famous and important later. Yeah, Thrawn wasn't in there either. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, Jedi. He's the biggest Jedi. Yeah. Um. So. How old is Bo-Katan supposed to be? I was trying to figure that out today because it's like almost 25 years after the Clone Wars. So at first it was I think like... she's like 45 she's to 15. 45. It's, Katie Sackhoff's like 40 in real life. So it, it kind of works. I was like, mm -hmm. Katie Sackhoff looks way too young. Like she looks like she's early 30s. And I was like, no, Katie Sackhoff just aged really well. <laughs> and like, yeah. And Star Wars aging usually yeah. doesn't age. So Katie Sackhoff's good aging. make It works for Star Wars. So... It's because she's been wearing the, the helmet the whole time. She hasn't gotten any sun. She's still got, like, that baby skin. <laughs> <laughs> well, she does take the helmet off sometimes, which, as we find out from Din, is mm -hmm. a big problem for him. And that's how we learn Din is actually part of 
uh, I guess Death Watch, but we're not entirely sure Death if Watch it's Junior. Death Watch as we know. Yeah, yeah. The Watch. I do like how uh, he just nopes the fuck out of there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's just like, nope, and he just leaves. Um, I noticed you kind of talking about this, and I think it was one of your reviews of how like people have got to come to terms with like the the groups that they put themselves in and he's i mean it was a, i'm sure it was a pretty big shock for him to discover that not all mandalorians are the way that he is yeah um because he knows his group as a foundling yeah. like he was uh in a kid in the clone wars and then would have just lived under the empire which was trying to dismantle mandalore mm-hmm. and we don't know what do we know when exactly they kind of glassed Mandalore in New Canada? No, I think we're pretty. Uh, I think the kind of whole purge situation is still pretty up in the air. Like what actually happened? Yeah. Um, so, uh, we don't know how much he's been exposed to the like Satine and post Death Watch Bo-Katan. Simply not at all. Maybe because yeah. I'm guessing he's just been on Navarro like a lot of the time and like in that local sector kind of doing things. Um, yeah. Yeah. So like he's got to learn, uh, like kind of examine what all the Mandalorian code greed, uh, mm-hmm. cultural things that he kind of took for granted. He's got to read every legacy of the force book. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we're not this powerful. Please get Karen on the phone. <laughs> 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 I, I was wondering when they were going down that hallway uh, and you see Bo-Katan like shiv a guy in the neck, which is a weird thing to see a, a, yeah, a comic character book, you uh, watched in a yeah, cartoon, cartoon first do. But like thinking like, wh- wh- I wonder what Karen Travis is thinking watching this. Like, no, she needs to be slicing his head right off. <laughs> that reminds me of the, uh, oh, oh yeah, from episode four, I saw like a, a comic of or like a meme of this and it was like, like, you knew my father? Luke says to Obi-Wan, he's like, yes, I was a cartoon character, just like he was, or whatever the line is. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought that was funny. But, um, it, yeah, it was kind of weird seeing the transition, but I I feel like it worked pretty much as well yeah. as it could have. Like, I showed Kelsey, who watched it with me, I showed, I, I showed Bo-Katan to her, and, it, like, it, it, Katie Sackhoff, is, it helps that she looks just like the character. Mm-hmm. Um it's gonna really be... got the voice down too somehow. <laughs> yeah, uh, crazy. It's which is why it's gonna be a little weirder with Rosario Dawson, assuming Ashley doesn't actually come in and do voiceover, which ADR. I'm gonna assume she doesn't. It'll um, be like the badly dubbed Netflix movies. Well, I mean, Star Wars is pretty good with ADR though. Like if you watch like a New yeah. Hope, pretty much everyone's ADR'd. <laughs> um, well, but... Darth Vader famously, <laughs> yeah. they really got his mouth to line up with. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, just, he's there's, Ahsoka's holding her head over. <laughs> Ahsoka's just holding her cloak over her mouth the whole time. Why are you talking like that? Yeah. It is the way. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Yeah, just, I mean, it was a really good live-action translation. I thought the armor especially looked really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Everything looks so good in this episode. Like, the planet yeah. was really good. That transport was so good. The Gosanti looked phenomenal. Yeah, the Gazanti especially looked so good. I've noticed a real increase generally in visual effects this season. We talked about this a bit mm-hmm. in episode one. There was nothing like the crate dragon scene in episode one. Um, yeah. Where, especially the part where it comes out of the mountain. 
and the Gazanti scene was better than anything we saw in episode one. I think the scene where he's crashing towards the planet was really phenomenal as well. And like I paused to look at that after as well. And like that planet, Trask, um, it's got so much detail and like it they did such a good job kind of giving it a like a personality and a life. It'll be a shame if it doesn't appear in anything else again, because I really wanted yeah. to to see more of it. And we've been talking about like Kotor references and it's right there. Oh yeah, Trask. <laughs> there we go. Named after a old a Republic short-lived Republic soldier. <laughs> He was at most a lieutenant. <laughs> he tried to fight a Sith with a uh, sword. Didn't work it. Yeah. But, yeah, that, that point was awesome. One of my complaints about this episode was it was a little short, and I wish they would have spent more time... Like, I wish they would have slowed down a little bit before getting on the boat. Um, like, even just walk through a fish market and show us some weird Star Wars fish, you know? Yeah. Because those... That's something... S- Sorry, go ahead. Uh, that's something that we got a bit in this episode that I was, that was definitely lacking in the previous mm-hmm. season, or something we've gotten all season that was lacking the first season. Like here, we get uh, they they look kind of like Earth animals in some cases, but they're just different enough. And we mm-hmm. got like Foofy Ra climbing up in the at the end of the episode. Yeah, that's exactly uh, what I thought. <laughs> but in the first season, we see the uh, the village that he goes to mm-hmm. with the. Uh, like the fishing village, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh, cool! We're gonna see some nice Star Wars, some new little niche Star Wars animals." Because that's always fun. Mm-hmm. Like, no, we're catching shrimp. <laughs> God damn it! Yeah, like there was some in this episode, but I, I just would have loved them to go through some like, like spend an extra five minutes of the episode like exploring the planet, you know? Yeah, uh, which there definitely is... could have been more, but it's yeah. better than it was last season. Yes, like some planets were good. Like Navarro was good. They had that scene where like they're roasting the uh, the monkey lizards, which was funny. Mm-hmm. But then there were other episodes where it's just like, yeah, this is just Earth. Um, I, I did laugh a little bit when they're feeding the uh, the the creature and they just throw in. It was just like it's just tuna or something and throwing tuna in or mm-hmm. well, not tuna, but a small fish. But uh, yeah, it was it was a really cool planet. I hope we see more of it. I like that walker too. Um, yeah, very very cool design. It kind of reminded me a bit of the planet itself. Reminded me of Corellia from Solo in a good way. Mm-hmm. Let's look at that kind of always like ship traffic overhead and uh, lots of barges flying around and very industrial and kind of cold looking. It's fun. Yeah, like the the second half of this episode will seem pretty familiar to us in particular. I think. <laughs> yeah, because uh, we just did it two weeks ago yeah. in a tabletop series. So that I thought that was really cool because like, oh, this is the room that Neytiri was in when she was holding the hostage. Oh, look, yeah. there's that corner that there's the cargo hold. Yeah. So for yeah. those of you who only listen to the podcast, we've been doing a tabletop uh, campaign. And what's what's the official name of the Star Wars rule set we play under? Uh, it's just the Fantasy Flight Games. Yeah. Edge of the Empire. I guess I'm not. I think we've been doing Age of Rebellion. Age of Rebellion. Yeah. But it's the branding on that is stupid. That's a whole yeah. other. It's, it's just Star Wars tabletop. And uh, one of our most recent escapades was uh, kind of a, a fight on a Gazanti cruiser that started when one of our friends, Charlie, tried to rob somebody who was drunk and asleep. But uh, and Charlie is a stealthy character, but he did not roll very well and he was no. unable to uh, to quiet the situation. And it just mm-hmm. got totally out of hand. 
uh that was a really fun fun moment but yeah it was it was, it was kind of surreal and you mentioned that in, in your review that you did I, I watched you mentioned that this whole series is kind of like star wars tabletop and that's kind of what i feel the whole time like when i when i play a tabletop game i tr like i try to imagine kind of the you know if we go to a new planet like you imagine all the stuff that's going on and it's like this is just that mm -hmm. brought to life which has been really cool to see yeah yeah and we see if we get a little bit more of a view of how the empire is operating right now a lot more can't be taken alive fanaticism mm -hmm. that's starting to develop that i think kind of transitions nicely into the first order uh like we we watched the guy pop his electric cyanide pill yeah i like that. and uh just die rather than give up the mm -hmm. location of gideon which i i do feel they went a bit too far out of their way to make him to make bokatan and that character not say moff gideon just so that din can't recognize what's going on be like oh yeah he's over we saw him he should be dead or whatever his i didn't even i didn't even pick be. up on that <laughs> i wasn't even thinking that he the last time we saw him he thought he died in a crash yeah that's interesting but like he also he didn't know about the dark saber right gideon had the dark saber independently yeah i don't think there was and there were any scenes where he took the dark saber out even so yeah. like i don't think he well he probably knows enough about mandalorian culture to know what the dark saber is because it's yeah. kind of been a if anything that'd be something that they embrace they're like a Pretty much like an ultra orthodox, like Mandalore, like the child of the Death Watcher. They're very, like a very yeah. conservative Mandalorian cult almost. Well, wasn't Bo-Katan Mandalore already before? Yeah. Like just so, right at the end of the Clone Wars. So yeah. the fact that he doesn't recognize her. Yes. Probably says something there. Mm -hmm. About saying like, follow the way of the Mandalore. He's like, no, she's right there. Mm -hmm. I actually like um the mandalorian kind of creed in the show a lot more than the clone war stuff mm -hmm. well it, it seems like it is trying to uh show the different sides of like death watch versus bo katan and mm -hmm. satines and kind of reconcile that or retcon that with uh what people would have expected before yeah. i don't think it i don't think it clashes to have both exist no i, I agree odds, and that kind I mean, of fits we've... what the mandalorian civil war was in both yep uh legends earlier before the clone wars and canon because mm -hmm. there was like they were literally just fighting 20 years before the clone wars about this in both continuities mm -hmm. and both times uh tyvoka died for it i don't <sighs> think tyvoka actually exists in canon but we can dream and he will <laughs> i just i guess i've never really cared about mandalorians that much until the show like that's why nobody I should but I guess I just wasn't, like, I wasn't super pumped for this show. Well, I, I was, but the Mandalorian aspect wasn't what interested me. I, I don't know. It's kind of, it's been winning me over. Um, and I don't know. I, I got to watch Star Wars Rebels again, too, because a lot of that in there, too. But we'll yeah. see. I really like the way it does explore this kind of similarity between what it means to be Mandalorian versus what it means to be a Jedi and those kind of found mm. families. And that's another theme that's also in the sequel trilogy of like ray finding not just the jedi but the the skywalkers in particular mm -hmm. the solos and trying to fit in within that and then the jedi are this found family and that's like that's the first thing that din thinks of when he thinks i'm taking him to his own kind it's not other yodas so mm -hmm. alex has to pay up to mark it's <laughs> the jedi yeah and, and that's like a thing that 
has been kind of prominent even since George Lucas was in charge because, you know, he's got adopted children and mm-hmm. it seems to be something that's pretty important to him. And that's one aspect of the sequel trilogy that I do like and that I think is a little bit diminished with the whole Ray Palpatine thing. I think it yeah. would have been much more interesting for her to be literally nobody, like finding her way into this family rather than whatever the hell the movie tried to do. Um but that's that's neither here nor there, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But the uh, they both make kids join warrior cultures, which mm-hmm. is not epic. Jedi and Mandalorians are mm-hmm. bad for that reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, the hygiene of the Mandalorians in Death Watch, I'm really questioning now. <laughs> but just how bad must he smell? Oh, just awful. Like, the end of every day, he sleeps in the armor. It's going to be sweaty as shit in there. And he spends half his time on Tatooine. So do you think this season ends with him taking his helmet off more, though? Do you think he starts to adopt more of the Bo-Katan side of Mandalorian culture, and then next season is more clashing with Death Watch? Or... No, I don't think so. I I think that'll be a thing for next season i think this season maybe maybe by the end yeah uh he starts to kind of learn the lesson that you've been kind of talking about um or because we have seen the kind of theme of people are mandalorian in action but not name sort of even in episode one yeah and that's Cobb versus like yeah boba who owned the armor but wouldn't be considered mandalorian by him yeah uh, Cobb owned the armor, had the armor, but wouldn't be considered Mandalorian by him, and he was willing to give it up. He did something honorable with it mm-hmm. that would probably fit what Din's vision of what it means to be Mandalorian actually consists of. But then you have, uh, yeah, he meets these actual Mandalorians who don't do what he think Mandalorian should do, mm-hmm. and uh, so how that relates to Death Watch or Baby Watch, uh, Bogatan's group, the whatever conflict ends up happening with Boba and Cobb, I think that's kind of the major theme for this season. And then next season would end up being uh, probably related to how he reconciles all those things. Mm -hmm. I mean, we see a lot in season one about how he wants to live one way. And like, I'm kind of wondering if the show just ends with him and baby Yoda, just like leaving. Or is he Mandalore and he changes things? No, I don't think so. Like, <laughs> Bo-Katan's I, I, almost 50. She needs a replacement. She's looking to retire. Uh, she don't even have a single wrinkle yet, dude. She's, she's doing <laughs> fine. Like, did you see her? Like, like those other Mandalorians made, made Din look like kind of a scrub, I thought, which was cool yeah. because, like, they're, like, you know, they're, they're Mandalorian Mandalorians. He's, like, some bum living on a dust ball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, like, been taking blue people into custody like that's pretty much it <laughs> you fought in the clone wars <laughs> exactly and he's just been like he's been at like the navarro bingo hall for like <laughs> every weekend for the past 10 years <laughs> yeah so yeah i don't know i like i get the feeling that there are certain aspects i, I think he's kind of been grappling with the fact that there are certain aspects of his culture that he does really like like he he clearly likes the the honor part and the duty part the keeping your word part um protect like protecting he seems to want to protect innocence even he likes those things 
but we see him grapple with like the desire to not dedicate maybe your entire life to to war or to maybe take your helmet off around people you love so i don't know i, I think i would like to see him kind of deconstruct you know whatever mandal being mandalorian means and then take the parts he likes and take the parts he doesn't like and maybe that means that he just wants to be a father and then because we've already seen him sacrifice like the ultimate mandalorian code is to not go back on your your clients and to like never you know renege on a contract so yeah well he's, he's not clearly, for nothing the jedi yeah. he's being sent to is someone who was removed from the order and isn't necessarily a jedi that's a great point she even says i am no jedi so yeah and so she's like exactly exactly what i can see him being like she takes the parts of being a jedi that she likes you know the doing good fighting evil and ignores the parts she doesn't like uh child soldiers (laughs) not banging people presumably i don't know like stuff like that and like no having no attachments which is kind of complete bullshit mm-hmm. <laughs> being a jedi is easy just don't ever love anybody <laughs> yeah and just like kind of blind adherence to dogma so i'd like to see kind of a similar journey for him i guess and yeah like I, i've been thinking like w- can the show exist without baby yoda can it be just the mandalorian will the show do that and i don't know I think it depends on how much they want to get into the Mandalorian conflict. So, do they try to reignite the Mandalorian civil war? In which case, I don't was think so. Baby Yoda just a setup to get him to think about what it means to belong to these groups, or do they want to merchandise more and refuse to do anything that would get rid of Baby Yoda? I really don't think the show is going to depart too far from I don't its Western roots. Either. And that would be such like a hard turn into space yeah. opera territory. Yeah, I don't think they will. I think that's a slight possibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it'll still all be happening on kind of the the fringes of the show. Yeah. So we'll get some we'll get stuff about that even if we are primarily focusing and I hope this is what it stays with on the adventures of of uh New Boba and Wrinkles. Mm-hmm. So what like, what do you think is going to happen to the child then? Like what would you Obviously you can't know for certain but what would be your guess? I think he'll get to Ahsoka and she'll be like, ew, I don't want him. He's wrinkly. <laughs> and then they'll have to go out and he accepts that his place is with the child right now. Mm-hmm. I don't like, I don't see Ahsoka taking custody. No, of, I, I think baby Yoda. 1000% will not. Um, I'm wondering whether he's going to look, look for Luke at some point. Mm. Because like, I feel like he's going to go to Ahsoka and she's going to be like, yeah, there are no Jedi. Like, he's got to be among his kind, the Jedi. And she's going to be like, yeah, that doesn't exist. Like, there's, like, two of us. Kyle Katarn, and he's too busy, you know, at the club. (laughs) And, I mean, if if he ended up with Yoda, or with Luke, Mm -hmm. then we would have probably heard about him when Kylo Ren killed him. Yeah. Unless he was at, like, the, the junior Jedi temple. With uh, mm. with Tion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's <laughs> just playing the harp and shit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't think he's gonna end up among the Jedi. I think, 
I don't know. I, th I think it could be a pretty wholesome story if he just stays with like the the Mandalorian and the Mandalorian becomes kind of like an uncompromising father figure because right now he's like he's half into the father figure role. Like he clearly mm -hmm. loves the child and he does his best, but he's also like killing people every day. Yeah. Which is not epic for a child's development, I'm sure. Yeah, and this is how we get into the Star Wars sitcom we've always wanted. Mm -hmm. Like when does at what point does the uh, the child become an adolescent even or an adult? Like Probably after the Mandalorian's dead. <laughs> yeah, like he's just what's gonna go on here? He needs it's like buying a pet parrot. They live forever. You can't you can't do that when you're already thirty. Yeah, it's kind of like the whole you need a, a village thing, right? Yeah. It takes a Mandalorian clan to raise a baby Yoda, the old <laughs> saying in Star Wars. Yeah. So, like, does Baby Yoda just becomes a Mandalorian then? Is that what we're... Well, he's kind of already, isn't he? Is he? A he's a foundling, so... He needs the way little... this is. <laughs> he needs his little armor. It'd be really cute. <laughs> oh, that... <laughs> Think I would buy that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Think of the merch sales, Disney. Yeah. Speaking of his little, uh, his little robotic, or his like repulsor lift sleigh got destroyed this episode, or mangled at least. Mm -hmm. So I guess he'll be back to the old, uh, the traditional sling, the uh, baby Bjorn. Or will they? Will next episode just be retrieving that and fixing well, that? He got it, but like when they're rescuing Baby Yoda, I I can't remember if it was Bo Katan or one of the others. She like ripped the, the the door off the hinge and it was like it had been kind of crunched up because he closed the 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 door before he was swallowed by that right. sea monster. Well, Razor's Crest has been through worse, so it, you got to yeah, fix the little carrier. Shit. You got to fix the the ship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's why this... I I think there's. I'm not gonna say definitely, but if I were to, I would put money on there being one more episode before we get to Ahsoka at least. Yeah. I well, think we're that... getting a. Maybe Boba comes back next episode or something, but I can see that because like I could see him track like him learning that the Mandalorians from Navarro or something, because also another thing to keep in mind is that we are in the same part of space still like he yeah. hasn't gone that far, like even so, which is kind of weird because isn't Tatooine supposed to be in the galactic south? And then yes. like all this stuff is taking place in the well, maybe the map he was looking at wasn't. Yeah, it might have been uh, rotated. Rotated or something, just to put. Yeah. I like I like I like the idea of it all taking place in a very kind of small part of space. Yeah. Um, you think we'll visit Tatooine again? I hope not. Like maybe just a scene with Boba leaving, but I don't. We don't really see scenes that don't involve the Mandalorian, no. so... It's been, like, that that one from the probably original Boba scene was maybe one of the only ones I can think of. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, that was Boba, not Cobb. Yeah, because it was yeah. the boots. He still yeah. has the boots. Yeah. Yes, I did a very epic video on every piece of equipment he had. Guys, go check it out. <laughs> but... I didn't... I hope, I hope you don't go back to Tatooine. I love Tatooine, but I realize they shouldn't go back. But if they do go back, I'll, I'll be kind of grinning. It's just, I just love the seediness of it and like the cantinas and stuff. And 
Well, do we need more of Amy Sedaris's dialogue? Like nothing against her as an actress. <laughs> the, the dialogue that gets written for her specifically in this show, I, it's I enjoyed her. It's like episode watching two. episode one Anakin again. It's not quite that bad. They're from the moons of Iego, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's not that bad. I thought she. Was... I can turn into a wolf. <laughs> I thought she was fine Wanna last see? episode. Yeah, it was better, but it's still it's got that same prequel trilogy Tatooine feel to it that is both fun to go back to and somewhat mm-hmm. off-putting at times. It is kind of crazy hearing them say stuff like Idiot's Array and whatnot, which I forgot yeah. to mention. Um, lots of cool Legends references. Well, I think that's happened. That was already was that in, in Solo, canon. maybe? I mean, I, I, so. I know it was in canon, but it's just it's just cool to hear it. Because there was like there was some sabacc going on in the background of Solo, yeah. I think there was stuff there. Yeah, there definitely was. But... I'm waiting for the Pazak. Bring the Pazak. Well, the... if any show is gonna bring it back, oh yeah, it's, it's Mandalorian because we know between Trask, the crate dragon scenes, Revan being in the background of every shot, they like themselves some Kotor. Mm-hmm. Speak Revan being in the background. Speaking of uh, speaking of planets, the, so the planet they're heading to now is called Corvus, which is the name. It's a legend's name. Yeah, it's also the name of the the ship from. Is it a bird? I can't remember, but it's, it's the name of the ship from Battlefront Two. So. Yeah, the Raider without. Yeah, the weird New Republic Raider, which turns into like a Nebula Star Destroyer. <laughs> I I love her the raider and i really like what they did with the corvus modifications i like the two but it just clearly shows that there was more plot meant for that game because the changes are literally just made between scenes and it was it's kind of confusing because like the entire engine yeah. array on the ship changes and everything so it's like not even identifiable from the back yeah well i don't think there was going to be a mission of like move this engine over here well, no, but I think there probably would have been. I, I think there was maybe more cutscenes. There were maybe more cutscenes planned. Like that game had a lot cut out, uh, yeah. and like the story, from what I understand, uh, took some pretty wild turns in production. Hmm. Uh, but did I have anything else specifically written down here? Would you? Would you uh, eat from a place that had a, a seafood chowder pipe? <laughs> no, and I would be shocked by the fact that it seems like it's treated as a feature that live animals come out of the pipe. I would be like, no, I'm not eating this. But yeah. first, Dan is like, stop playing with your food. Get attacked by this giant The kid's squid. being like killed by it. <laughs> yeah, and then later on, uh, I forget if it was Bo-Katan or the other girl, with like the tentacle just... Oh, yeah, coming out of the mouth. Slurping into her mouth. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that was that was the other girl. That was uh, Sasha Banks' character who everyone was like, oh, my God, she's going to be Sabine when, like, she looks oh. nothing like Sabine. And people were like, yeah, they'll just not whitewash, but just change the, change the race of the character. But it's like, they won't her do that, though. Right <laughs> like, I bet money they will. I'm like, okay. 
I, I liked her character. I really liked her. Uh, I don't know why. I really liked her hair when she had her uh, her armor on. It was like hmm. she had like a a bra- like kind of braids and like a yeah a whole getup. I thought was cool. <laughs> kind of a weird thing to notice, but I pointed out to Kelsey. It's like cool. So because we got Vufi Raw, does that mean the uh, we're gonna get the Yuzan Vong invasion? Like that was. I think they're gonna go to Navarro and probably try to get the old heap to or the great heap to repair their ship. So we're getting Silentium and Abominor in subsequent subsequent episodes. Probably, yeah. Wow. So yeah. like Namenor has been Boba the whole time. I think Namenor is probably Grief Karga. That's why he's trying wow. to. That's okay. why he's so, so much. Uh, there's so much confusion wherever he goes. We've got Uglith maskers. We're we're full. <laughs> yeah, NJL that's now. that's what attack. That's actually what attacked Baby Yoda. That wasn't the. Uh, hmm. Yeah, it wasn't the. It wasn't, it wasn't an organic Silentium? No, sorry. Damn it. Yeah. Well, then the whole the whole theory falls well, apart. Well, you got to the you got to the right conclusion just the wrong way. Oh. I do that a lot. Yeah. Me too. But I'm also nearing the conclusion of Dark Journey in my NJO reread. So, uh everyone thinks Jason's dead. Oh, Not yeah, great. I forgot about that. I forget if he's gone for the whole next 3 books cuz I th- is he just being uh, tortured at this point? Yeah. Yeah. So like Tenelka. Because this is after he, this by. is after the mission to uh the mission to the world. After ship, the Mercury, right? yeah. Yeah. So it's like the kind of just the fall. Low from, moment for Jaina Solo. Yeah. Apprentice to Kip. Yeah. And wrote both brothers presumed dead. Yeah. Leia knows that Jason's not dead, but that's yeah, about I remember it. That. Remember there's but, a bit in uh there's a bit in Legacy of the or I think it's Legacy of the Force where Luke does that kind of. He does it on his own though. He fakes his death. He makes it seem like again, Jaina, poor Jaina. He uh, makes it seem like Jaina shot him down, and then yeah. reemerges like, "Gotcha." She's like, "You caused me so much emotional harm." Yeah, I Jaina is like, I really like Jaina. Like her yeah. stock has gone up a lot with me uh, during this reread. I'm reading Harry Potter. Uh, yeah, that's been not listening. relevant to the podcast. Well. Uh, it's 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 still fun though i'm on book five now and i've been listening to it as like audiobooks whenever i'm you know up with the kids yeah but like you always message me with this shit about like your family and other stuff you're doing like i don't care star wars (laughs) well i it makes me think i've been thinking reading it like comparing it to like the young jedi knights and stuff yeah which uh which book do you say you're on now uh five five yeah how far in are you uh is spoiler alert serious dead yet uh, sorry is what no no he's not uh i'm just at like umbridge became the uh she just got her twirling lightsaber and is the uh, inquisitor now mm, the grand inquisitor she's so ha- she's so hateable i think i think yeah. number four will probably be my favorite because i've said this really? before i think the book the series works better as children's books than like semi-serious okay. fantasy books because like i think the books are best when it's just focused on their school life and like kind of the fun magic around them. Just me personally, but maybe I'm completely open to my opinion changing because like five, six and seven are pretty, pretty serious, especially like they don't even go to school in seven, do they? Uh, no. Well, they do at the end because the, it's the battle, the final battles at Hogwarts. Yeah. Do they go to school? Voldemort in... goes and raids the, yeah, the tomb. 
do they leave the school in six or like do they have a full school year in six yeah they have the full school year and then uh i think it's the last month or something that harry and dumbledore go to the ministry get the is it locket yeah. No, that's when that's when they go to the, get the locket oh okay. or is it the locket yeah i think it's the locket and when they come back that's when uh snape kills dumbledore Okay, and so it's like right before the end of the school year. So they have Dumbledore's funeral at school. And then and at then the Umbridge funeral, is... Harry tells Ron okay. and Hermione that they're not going, that he's not coming back. And they're like, oh, we're, we're going with you. Umbridge is she's like, long. She's at the end of book five. She's last seen. Well, actually, no, she's in. She shows up again in book seven because she's running stuff in the ministry. Oh, I thought she was made headmaster for some reason. No. Okay. So were those books were they written in advance? Like, did J.K. Rowling have like a, a like a, a full story, or was she kind of on the seat of her pants of her turf pants? She, she said she said she did, and I don't doubt that there was like a general idea, especially by the time that uh, uh, definitely by book four. Yeah, because the think, first three are kind of their own stories, really. Like, yeah, and she says like she had the whole thing, and then. Especially with the diary, but I don't think she necessarily had all the Horcruxes mm-hmm. I mean, planned she, out. She wrote them pretty quick, didn't she? Like, didn't they mostly come out in consecutive years? Mostly, I think there were still a couple that were like two years apart. I think okay. definitely, if you compare it to like George R. R. Martin or something. But... <laughs> yeah, well, he still hasn't figured out who like the Baratheons' third cousins are. So, like, how can you expect him to write a book? Yeah, so you you got to have the whole family tree p- planned out. Not just the family tree. Who slept with who within the family, mm-hmm. and then know their exact connections. But yeah, when you don't have to worry about that, things get written a lot faster. Which is why uh, Star Wars is also kind of difficult because, like the the primary romantic interests in those movies are also family. <laughs> yeah, I, I will say for a Song of Ice and Fire, when you read the books. If you pay attention and learn the family connections, they do actually pay off, though. Like, when you're like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's someone's second cousin, right? And then they, like, the first time they meet, you realize they should know each other, and then they do. It's like, okay, sick. Yeah, pretty epic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but... any any more about, about Star Wars? Ah, that Gazanti was so cool. Yeah. <laughs> it looked so good, and yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anything else from the most recent episode. Uh, oh yeah, I really liked the uh, I really liked the Frogman and Frog Woman meeting again. I thought that was yeah legitimately a, like a pretty sweet moment for frog people in costumes. <laughs> yeah, and then the those babies just hatched right away, or that one baby. Yeah, that was weird. Considering it was a unless it's like it's some weird alien species where like the creature's fully formed, it just needs like the sperm to like you know it's like to turn on <laughs> in which case yeah but it's kind of a weird gestational period there yeah of like one day <laughs> yeah and then not only just being hatched but turning into a decently sized little lizard from the tadpole maybe, all in the space of like an afternoon maybe or was that a previous one this was a previous one because okay, so they had their eggs, and she still they had uh, a previous 
Because that would make sense if they only had one hatchling that maybe maybe they only had one hatchling that survived until now. Okay. Yeah, that could be it. That's gonna be. We have to get them on and give them an interview and see how they're feeling about uh, about having baby Yoda with them for a few hours. How they feel about Din. Can you imagine? You just you just met your your thick frog GF and you're about to to fertilize them eggs and which I assume is just I don't know. I'm not gonna get into it. Then you got then you're on babysitting duty from some. From the truck driver who ferried you across the country? Well, I don't know that there's much involved in there fertilizing these eggs. Oh, there process. is. Just I've imagined it. Gets over that tank, squirts some no, stuff into but, it, and then... Yeah, how do, you think, how do you think he gets himself ready? I'll say the frog know. polo game is strong, that's all I'm saying. That's Look, if they could do this in an episode of the Magic School Bus, it's probably not that bad. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> i should rewatch that episode and see just how disturbing that was in hindsight i love when uh they go in the magic school bus and almost come out uh the kids arnold they almost come out arnold's butthole like nope gotta yeah turn, better turn around <laughs> yeah I, I it was either arnold or ralphie that they oh ralphie yeah was, or no yeah one of the two i can't remember which one can you imagine (laughs) that's so invasive man like with the frizz no way (laughs) invading your privacy going through your shit yeah whole class ease your butthole (laughs) (laughs) did i don't think he even knew they were there did he yeah because he's like talking to them on the walkie-talkies oh right yeah like can could you check like can you do like a colon cleanse while you're in there like <laughs> yeah is well Arnold had that weird cousin that would come around sometimes oh uh, well. yeah we we'll save this for the magic school bus podcast I think uh, that surely gave Arnold like cancer right? being or Ralphie having them inside him yeah Ralphie or whoever it was that definitely gave them cancer like. Like there's no, a, you don't think? I I mean I wouldn't be surprised if the whole year in that class somehow like raised all of their risk for cancer. <laughs> but if it gave him cancer, they would have been able to see the cancer cells, and that would have made it a very different episode. Well, it was just the radiation being put off, so like the cancer cells. Had I to guess. So I'm also, it, did you ever see the Magic School Bus episode where they build the bridges in the bathroom? Because that one, yeah, was that sick. was the best. That With one the was alligator. Sick. Yes, in the toilet. I yes. think. That was that, that is sick. that's definitely the best episode. The other one that was good was when Miss Frizzle's running like the race, and uh, they gotta go into her like muscles and clean off the uh, lactic acid, and then mm-hmm. like she's like, "Oh, I, I'm not, I'm losing against this like very, very handsome, very fit other teacher." And then they like go in there, they fucking get the lactic acid off, and then they pump the oxygen right in her muscles. Kind of cheating, but whatever. Yeah, that's definitely cheating doping the, the next episode was her tribunal <laughs> yeah what a bitch anyway All right i think that's the episode got it. oh well i got one last question okay why were the fishermen is it about the magic school bus giant fish on board was it see i wasn't sure if that was on board or if it was just an access port down into 
the ocean, they chum the waters there and it comes up. Yeah, I was unclear on that point. I guess that makes a little more sense. Yeah, that's got to be that, right? Because it's either that or they have a hold down there. They happened to catch that thing that they haven't offloaded yet. And they were going to feed it because it's worth a lot of money. Oh, alive. that's a good. That's a good. Because that's. that's I think that's how like crabbing boats and stuff work. You pour them in and then that's in the hold and then you go back. But you don't like offload it immediately. If you have this giant expensive monster, you mm. got to find the right seller. That's a good explanation. I, I, like, I, they didn't I, build a ship around having this thing as a pet in it. That's well, that was like maybe boat. it's like for disposing of something. I couldn't. No, because like when you're when you're getting all the all this seafood, you don't want to kill them. You're yeah, no, of course. You're specifically looking to keep them alive, so you have those big holds on those ships. And this just happens to be a bigger thing they caught that they haven't offloaded yet. I Especially because just... they know like we're gonna trap some people. This probably isn't the first time they've run this grift. Mm-hmm. It's just the most expensive thing they've gotten with the best car. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I'll. I I think that makes sense. Like, there's plenty of reasons this could make sense, and it wouldn't have made sense for them to do a bunch of exposition after the fact on how they got to this point. So I'm willing to accept that it was probably one of those things mm-hmm. without without the Quarren having to say so. I but. loved the uh, all the, like, fishermen Quarren and Mon Calamari. Just like, just like a Mon Calamari just, like, with a turtleneck on. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> give it to me. <laughs> um, that's what Akbar is usually wearing when he's hanging out with Winter. Yeah, no pants though. Just big fish dong. Gonna let, mm-hmm. Just gonna let that one sit for a minute. <sighs> Don't let the big fish dongs just sit for a minute. Yeah. I got my fish chowder for you here, baby. All right, that's it. We're we're done. <laughs> um, go back we... on break. <laughs> yeah, I should. Should we? Do we have any emails you want to cover before? Uh, or... I think we do, but because we didn't really say what was going on with it, we'll probably uh, we'll have one episode to talk about when you're returning, and we'll maybe do a bigger email section for that one. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a fine idea. Just looking to see if we got any uh, any new podcast reviews, and I am seeing a couple new ones. Guys, yeah. if you enjoy this, make sure... Oh, look at this. Uh, describe this in one word epic. If you're like me, blah, 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 blah. The dynamic between these two is fantastic. Uh, it all makes for a cozy time while you listen. Also, the constant Harry Potter references are always tastefully placed. Huh. <laughs> and this time it was half the episode. <laughs> I still love the one that's... It's five star reviews and says no choice it's the only one <laughs> uh, that's, that's good uh, only Star Wars podcast Star Wars more like Star Wars really intellectual yeah, you can leave those reviews on any of your favorite uh, podcast oh, platforms uh, remember make sure they're positive because you'll hurt our feelings otherwise five stars number one in hungry and our hearts came for the lore <laughs> stayed for the akbar winter fanfic it's not fanfic this is canon yeah. explicit canon i don't know how how much more clear we can make this oh my god these, these i love these reviews these guys are these are so nice so guys if you want to make me happy leave a five-star review 
leave a funny review message especially because we'll probably read it on the air if you do yeah and we'll be back uh probably not next week maybe we'll see how everything shakes out maybe two weeks maybe another mando podcast next week okay well uh the the young jedi knights are waiting in the wings the dark saber is waiting Uh, on the shelf don't want to talk about dark saber I didn't it's have a, an, like, I didn't have the fucking child before I before I read Dark Saber. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, hey, it's next. You can't can't skip it like that. But doing the NJO reread, it's amazing how much is just like explicit references to stuff that happened in Young Jedi. I know Knights. it's awesome. But yeah, so that's, that's it, guys. Thank you so much for watching, Corey. Do you want to give a one word or one sentence final thoughts on these two episodes? Yeah, so well, uh, well, Justin is cutting me off on his I'm not, channel. I'm actually not. Oh, really? We haven't even done uh, our outro yet. Say. Okay. Well, I, I really like the way the season's okay, so going we're... so far. I'm just joking. Uh, we're still we're still live on mine. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I was, I'm editing I was, this I was episode, okay. so it it doesn't. Okay, you still like the way the season's going quite a bit. Still like the way the season's going. Don't like the way this podcast is going anymore. I don't like that I can't go towards the end of an episode of anything we do together without getting this deep-seated apprehension over what will or won't actually end up in whatever we're doing mm-hmm. and not knowing, like, how long are you just sitting there laughing at me? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so that that's it from me. What about you? Uh, yeah, no, I enjoyed both episodes. I, too, am pleased with the way the season's going. I'm just I'm curious what they're going to do in this kind of middle portion here. Are they going to do like they did with uh season one and kind of bide their time for a bit before moving the plot forward or what i don't know but i'm I'm here for it either way epic well congratulations to the entire ladder family thank you very much you're all give my best to very, mrs ladder very tall and, and strong ladder children very tall and strong as a yeah. uh, as a good ladder should be and it took a lot of steps to get there yes it did did but uh but yeah oh also there is a new um there's a new wedge and tilly story in the about rogue squadron in the new from a certain point of view uh compendium how big of a role does corin play in it none but do you want me to spoil one character who returns yes minoc we got him Wow, we got, got Minoc back. Yep, that he's even, which is the the R two unit or four, yeah. the astromech droid. Yeah, we just for those who are unfamiliar with Minoc somehow. Are there because he shrieks like one? People who are unfamiliar with Minoc, uh, I assume not, but you know, just gotta be explicit, like because mm-hmm. all of my datapad videos, I make. Uh, references to Luke, and I explain who Luke is. Yeah, so, I, I do enjoy that. You may have noticed him. In... Oh, are you on the lockdown again, by the way? How's uh, that working? Yeah, it, like, nothing has really changed here ever. We've, me and Dana have been doing the same thing the whole time of not going anywhere. Which is the same there as was never. Yeah, there was never <laughs> any real reduction in cases. Uh, oh, well, we were down pretty low, like 30. Well, yeah, but... Uh, but now there's some new guidelines in Ontario because it's just fucking skyrocketed. But Ottawa has been pretty okay the last couple of days. We're, we've been 
like 20 to 100 cases on the bad days, which is not good, Mm -hmm. but it's better than it was where it was like over 150 every day. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's better. Yeah. That could be worse. You're not, you're not like Toronto levels at least not big smoke levels. No, but we were like from July to early September, we were occasionally ordering, uh, food and we stopped doing that when we got over like 400 cases once we're we're down to like 450 right now so if mm. we drop below 300 we'll probably start like ordering food sometimes if we get under 100 we might start actually hanging out with our prospective bubble the big problem for us is just that we have to take public transit if we want to get to the people who would be in our bubble yeah. who also don't see anyone because mm-hmm. uh, that that would be relatively safe but getting there is difficult yeah are you guys still covid free we had like let me just see we, we had like five one day but i think we're still under 30 cases maybe nova scotia mm-hmm. COVID cases uh nova scotia. active covid cases nah, i can't see but we're like we're like 20 like we, we we'll have like two to three and new ones a day mm-hmm. so it's not bad yeah and then sometime in the next two years maybe we'll be able to have our live episode of our in-person episode of tap calf yeah i was thinking because our incel friend charlie is locked down maybe we should try to get him on for the next uh mando review episode we do because he does yeah. enjoy the show as well and uh he can't read so we won't be able to get him on any of the other ones really yeah, that's true. He's never going to read Heir to the Empire or even listen to Heir to the Empire, so we need to just accept that that's happening. You're 100% correct on that. All right. Okay. I think that's it. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Bye. Okie dokie.